is Episode 9 of the Rotoscopers Podcast, The Swan Princess, Singing Fest. This is what happens when Mason goes on vacation. Welcome to the Rotoscopers Podcast, a podcast for animation addicts, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. I'm your host, Morgan Burt. And my name is Chelsea Robson, my co-host. So, Chelsea, where have you been? I was traveling. <laughs> For a long time. It was a very long time. Three, it was three weeks? Something like that. And I think it was actually two weeks. I started out, I went up to Utah for a few days, and then I drove back. And then I drove to Texas for about a week and a half to go visit my brother, who's actually in the Army out there. And my, my sister-in-law needed somebody to come up with her, so that's, that's where I was. Oh, cool. I got to see the Alamo, so that was pretty sweet. Check that off the list. You know, it's something that everyone should check off the list. So if you have that opportunity, check it off. I like check marks, so. Yes, I like check boxes, and I'll make a box just so I can check it off later. That's actually what I did. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where I've been. Cool. Well, you missed out last week on our Tangled episode. Yeah, I noticed. Do Do you want to talk about your feelings? You know, I, I'm okay with it because I know that I was out of town and you guys just couldn't wait for me. And so it's like, we couldn't it's wait. okay, it's okay. Just go ahead. I'll get over it. Yeah. <laughs> just like today, we couldn't wait for Mason. Mason, he just finished his semester at school. So he's packing up, moving out and going back home. So he's like, oh man, I can't do it tonight. And Chelsea and I are like, well, do you want to still record the podcast? <laughs> Let's do it. (laughs) So we picked a movie that we are very, very familiar with, The Swan Princess. Yay! (laughs) And so we just decided to off-the-cuff record about The Swan Princess. So that's what we will be talking about after the news. Okay, so this week there has been a ton of animation news. It came up probably the last two or three days. The majority of it came from CinemaCon, which is essentially a convention for movies and upcoming films. So a lot of stuff came because of that. And so on the website, there's probably about six articles that were posted every single day. So go check that out, therotoscopers.com backslash news, and you can catch up. But we're just going to review you on some of the main highlights first one in episode two we talked about disney's upcoming short that kind of had been getting a little buzz um called paper man but kind of builds on the technology that was used for tarzan called deep canvas so anyways paper man now has a facebook page so he's joined the club yay (laughs) i mean you're not real you're not legit till you're on facebook apparently (laughs) but like it does i wouldn't normally like say hey it has a facebook page but when they put the Facebook page up, they actually revealed, like, a ton of new stuff, like this plot synopsis, which no one really knew about, a little tagline, the movie poster, the logo. So go to the website, and, you know, you can find it there. So this is really cool. So I'm going to read the little, there's there's a mini plot synopsis and then, like, a longer one. So I think it's kind of cool. Because what Paper Man does, if you don't remember, is that it blends 2D and 3D animation seamlessly. And it's supposed to be groundbreaking and revolutionary and make everything else look like junk. Remember, those were the fighting words. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, let me read. The story of a young man in New York City relying on his heart, imagination, a stack of papers, and a little luck to win the girl of his dreams. Aww, Aww. tender. So, 
That's kind of that. But then there was a, a longer thing that Disney put. It says, introducing a, a groundbreaking technique that seamlessly merges computer-generated and hand-drawn animation techniques. First-time director John Cars takes the art of animation in a bold new direction with Paperman. Or Paperman. I don't know exactly how you say it yet. Using a minimalist black-and-white style, the short follows the story of a lonely young man in mid-century New York City whose destiny takes an unexpected turn after a chance meeting with a beautiful woman on his morning commute. Sounds like uh, 101 Dalmatians to me. Beginning it, of the... It does. <laughs> does he have a dog? <laughs> Maybe. I relate everything to animation right. at Disney movies, so that's the first thing popped ahead. Okay. Convince this girl of his dreams is gone forever. He gets a second chance when he spots her in a skyscraper window across the avenue from his office. With only his heart, imagination, and a stack of papers to get her, get her attention, his efforts are no match for what the fates have in store for him created by a small innovative team working at walt disney animation studios paperman pushes the animation medium in an exciting new direction that is really cool i know does that little thing like pump you up yeah i was looking at the, the poster that they have and i like the style as it says on the website it, it shows that it's in kind of like a water base type Watercolors. Yeah, which is not something that's ever... I've never seen any animated film in watercolors, so it's kind of... That's yeah, pretty. I'm trying to think. Like, there's been, like, backgrounds that are obviously in yeah. watercolors, but not... I can't think of any right now. I mean, I don't actually know if it'll be watercolors, but it looks like a watercolor style to me. And what's cool about this movie poster is that it's very monochromatic. It's black, white, gray, and then it shows the, the boy... He's throwing a paper airplane out the window, and there's just a teeny tiny speck of red on it. So I'm wondering if this will be a black and white film with, you know, like, pop of color. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Schindler's List. Doesn't the girl just have a red coat just in yeah. that one scene? Um, or if this that's, this is just the style of the poster. I don't know. So anyways, that's the news. That's exciting. I'm, like, the more I hear about it, the more buzz. Like, I'm getting really pumped to see this. The um, rumor on the street is that it's going to open in front of Wreck-It Ralph in November. So it's kind of a bummer. We don't get to see it for a while. But it is opening opening night on the Annecy Film Festival on June 2nd. So this is going to be... No, June 4th. So on June 4th that this is going to be opening. No, just it's going to be premiering at a film festival. Okay. Ever since episode two, I've been really excited about this one because it, it has had such a huge build up for it saying that it's going to revolutionize everything and it's going to make motion capture just look like child's play <laughs> which is pretty intense so there's motion capture is pretty good yeah <laughs> yeah it's interesting to see a short get so much buzz um i guess pixar shorts get a lot of buzz but i don't know I, disney shorts not so much mm-hmm. what i like about it is that it seems that disney is back on the innovative edge you know it kind of seems they were well, when the studio was, like, shut down, they weren't very innovative. <laughs> they weren't Obviously doing much. Not. You know, so it kind of takes a while to get back into that. But they did do a lot of work in Tangled and with the hair and, and kind of creating that painterly feel. And then they're moving on. And the another thing I've heard is that they, they're kind of using this as the testing ground so they can use it for a full feature-length film. Hmm. You know, so they're testing it, see how it works, and they already have the technology in place so they can just, like, push it out for their next film. So, which makes me think of our next bit of news. So, it was 
Ron Clement's birthday yesterday on April 25th. Yay! Happy birthday Is to he? Ron. <laughs> oh, <laughs> No, I know who he is. Okay. Oh, man. Scared me, though. So, yeah. Ron Clements and John Musker, they're like the dynamic duo who have directed practically all the greats. Disney films over the last 20, 30 years. They did Great Mouse Detective, Aladdin, most recently Princess and the Frog. So, I mean, they're seasoned veterans. They know what they're doing. Anyways, Disney's Animation Research Library um, wished him a happy birthday on their Facebook page, but they also kind of revealed a little bit more. They said, um, Ron and John are currently working to develop the next hand-drawn feature at Disney Animation. Sorry, we can't tell you what that is. So that's pretty cool because it's news that the next or upcoming in the next few years feature from Disney is hand-drawn. That is really cool. Because I don't, there are not too many studios that are still sticking with it like Disney is. Yeah. I remember when they first closed it down, I was really sad that they closed it down because it's it's such a staple in all of our, in our lives. (laughs) It's a staple in all of these movies that uh, kind of makes you feel at home and kind of makes you feel like you're... You're going back in time to that, that real art. I appreciate everything that's happened and technology advances over the last couple of years. But, you know, sometimes I just like to look at a picture of somebody drew. It, yeah. It just adds so much for me. So I'm really happy that they're doing that. But do you think that this is going to be the Snow Queen? That's rumors that it could be. I'd like to see that. I mean, because Disney, they finally had their first computer animated princess. I mean, why not just go back and do Snow Queen, which I think would be awesome. Or it's not called Snow Queen anymore. It's oh. called Frozen. Oh. Yes. Again, with the switching the names to a past participle. <laughs> Tangled. Frozen. <laughs> One word. Again, short attention spans we have. All right. So in our last bit of news, like I mentioned, um, CinemaCon was this past week. And that's a big convention for film buffs and news people and studios to come and debut their work. Not to be confused with Comic-Con. No, the biggest (laughs) comic book convention in the world in San Diego. Chelsea and I have been. It was Loved it. (laughs) (laughs) You better believe I waited two hours for the Walt Disney Animation panel so I could see screening of Bolt or a few few scenes of it. I remember that, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was awesome. Anyways, so Pixar, they kind of use this as a springboard for... For themselves, they announced three new things. Um, these are kind of just like quick and short news, but it's for films coming out in 2014 and 2015. But hey, little news is better than none. So Pixar, first thing that they announced was they're doing a movie that is Dia de los Muertos themed. So Dia de, Dia de los Muertos is a Mexican holiday that is on November 1st, the day after Halloween. And it's kind of a Day of the Dead, essentially. Anyway, so that's pretty much all we know about it. Lee Unkrich, who directed Toy Story 3, who is, if you're on Twitter, you definitely need to follow him because he's awesome. And he's directing it, and Darla K. Anderson is producing it, and she's had her hands in Pixar and has been producing their films since Toy Story. So she's a staple. So it's kind of cool that those two main big head shows are in charge. And this movie's coming out 2015 sometime. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts, Chelsea? Dia de los Muertos. I think it'll be really cool. I they'll probably do a lot of things with I'm gonna guess the dead. So like <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas stuff because I um you know how I feel about that movie. Not my favorite. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We actually tried to get into this movie because there's a huge following for this movie. Big and w- following. When you go to Disneyland and everything is 
you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, right, during the, the holidays. And everybody has their, it's like this real cult, cult following. And Morgan and I really wanted to understand why. We tried three consecutive times <laughs> to watch this movie and we kept falling asleep because it just didn't, didn't do it for us. Didn't do it for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, a lot of Tim Burton stuff is really cool, but that one just, I, it's hard for us. I'm sorry. Yeah. <gasps> so we don't know. Don't, don't judge us. Yeah. <laughs> just because that's not our favorite, but yeah. Anyways, Dia de los Muertos. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> okay. So the next news that Pixar announced, they had said they have a dinosaur film that was coming out. It had no name. It now has a name. It's called The Good Dinosaur. And its release date is May 30th, 2014. It's directed by Bob Peterson. That's pretty much all we know. No posters, no synopsis. I mean, based on the name, my first thought is, is this a dinosaur version of The Good Samaritan? Or is like loosely based on that? But I don't know. <laughs> well, the first thing that popped in my head was The Good Egg. <laughs> I don't Yeah, whatever. But then other than that, I just really hope that it has nothing to do and has no plot line similar to Dinosaur or Land Before Time. That's all I ask. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the fact it's Pixar, they're not going to be copying yeah. bits and pieces from... <laughs> but I was so mad when they put out Dinosaur, because if you watch Dinosaur, it has lots of key moments that are straight from Land Before Time. Yeah. Straight from there. It's and a it, great film. It's a fantastic film. That was film. Disney's like punch in the gut to Don Bluth. Yeah, like, that's mean. <laughs> We're going to steal some of the things from your awesome, fabulous movie and put it in ours. Yeah, <laughs> I did not approve. I like my Don Bluth the way he is. <laughs> there are a lot of animated dinosaur films. I mean, two main ones and then all of the Lamb Before Time spinoffs. <laughs> I don't even know how many of them I'm going to try. But well, Those weren't Don Bluth, though. No, he he will adamantly tell you, I had nothing to do with the sequels. <laughs> So, I don't know. I mean, you think this would be... Dinosaur in my book is is kind of a meh movie. Um, But Land Before Time, I think, is a classic. So do you think, in the end, this will be greater than Land Before Time? Oh, I don't know. I I would like to see the synopsis of this. Okay, we'll hold off. Before I make any (laughs) things on just the name of the movie. (laughs) You mean you don't think... Just on the name alone, you don't think it's going to be so grand? (laughs) You know what? I think what would be really good, I know they won't do this because Pixar's all about original films, whatever, but there's a famous piece of animation called Gertie the Dinosaur. It's like in the 40s or 30s, and it's just like a really famous piece of animation. And so I'm wondering if to pay homage to that, like the main character's name would be Gertie or something like that. I think that'd be really awesome. That's something that Pixar would do. Yeah. So, anyways, okay, next, there is a film which is unofficially known as the untitled Pixar film that goes inside the mind. Oh, my. <laughs> anyways, we, don't, we still don't know what the, fil- the remind- title is. It reminds me of, of the magic school bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, this movie's about, it's, it's about a story from inside a little girl's mind. So, huh. hey, maybe Miss, Miss Frizzle's <laughs> going on in. <laughs> Buckle up, kids! (laughs) Seatbelts, everyone! (laughs) Anyways, that's due out June 19th, 2015. So, see you in three years. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, that's all we have for the news. Actually, we have some other news, but we're going to hold off till next week because we can't wait to get to our main discussion. So, hold off till next week. You can get more news and tidbits. Mason will be back by then. And on to the main show! Off to the theater! 
are doing today is the one and only the Swan Princess. Welcome. Yes, welcome everybody. Welcome to this discussion. If you were an adolescent girl in the 90s, this was a, probably a staple in your lineup, like Chelsea and I. We call this our honorary Disney classic. Along with Anastasia. Oh yes, those two. Yes, I like this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie was on Netflix for years, for probably about the last two years. But just recently, Netflix, I think, lost its deal with stars, and so, like, a couple thousand movies got deleted. And so, like, I picked it, I was like, oh, cool, I can just kick back and I can watch it on Netflix. It's gone. The one time I need it. That's what happened with Rango. I rented Rango. Lost you, Netflix. (laughs) I know. I rented Rango, and then two days later, it was on Netflix. I'm like, come on. That's... Can you, can't you correspond with our podcast? <laughs> so let's go on. We're going to watch a little bit of a feature trailer right now, just to tell you a little bit more about this movie. Behind the magic, behind the scenes, acclaimed animation director Rick Rich is hard at work on a delightful new motion picture, The Swan Princess, featuring the voices of John Cleese, Ha-ha! Sandy Duncan, Welcome to our fair kingdom. Jack Palance. Don't give me that look, Missy. And Stephen Wright. Na, 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 na. Along with six terrific new songs. Forever in my heart. For 14 years, director Rich honed his craft at Walt Disney Studios, where he worked on The Rescuers, The Fox and the Hound, and many other animated features that would become treasured Disney classics. Now, brushstroke by brushstroke, frame by frame, 190 of America's best animators, many his former Disney associates, are making Rick Rich's newest and most enchanting vision, the Swan Princess, come to life. Beauty and glamour and breeding unmatched. Princesses on parade. Just the thought that crown hysterical. Under a shimmering moon, come share a timeless tale of legendary love, told with breathtaking beauty. Now, in the tradition of the most beloved animated classics of all time, comes the Swan Princess, the most memorable, magical musical adventure ever. (laughs) The Swan Princess. Or animated motion picture ever. ever. <laughs> I'm like, wow. wow. They're making some big claims. <laughs> I mean, I always love this movie, but I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I'll agree with you there. Okay, so in that trailer, I I like that it mentioned the director Richard Rich. So I thought, since we're not doing a nerdy couch discussion today, we could do a director spotlight. Because I think Richard Rich is actually kind of interesting, how he came to be a director in this yeah. field. So he started out at the Walt Disney Company in 1972, working in the mailroom. 
you know, that, you, always, you always have the classic story. Like, yeah. how, have you ever read uh, or seen the play How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying? Like, oh. you know, that's always the thing. Like, you start in the mailroom, you work your way up. Like, well, mm-hmm. he literally did it, which is interesting because he's one of the only animation directors who's not actually an animator. Usually you have to know what you're doing because it's such a finely tuned craft mm-hmm. that, um, I mean, if you don't know what you're talking about, how can you tell your team what to do? Right. You know, there isn't very much... I looked trying to find a lot of information on him uh, through the internet, but I couldn't find very much. But just from hearing his story, I can just... I, I try and picture, like, what his his personality could be like. And I'm guessing that he's really charismatic. Well, yeah. Because it says he garnered attention at the studio by making presentations to the music department and giving piano lessons during his lunch hour. That's classy. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, I mean, he gained attention by making presentations. Yeah. These guys see presentations all the time. So, he's obviously very charismatic, like you said. I mean, I don't see a lot of videos about him or know much about this guy. Like, he's he's around, but not really. He, he does he, a really good job of staying under the radar. Yeah, definitely not on Twitter. Definitely not on Twitter. <laughs> Um, so anyways, he kind of worked his way up the studio and eventually he directed Fox and the Hound and the Black Cauldron, which that trailer happens to skip over (laughs) and other classic features. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's so obviously after the huge fiasco that was the Black Cauldron, I mean, it was critically acclaimed, but not by fans and audiences. And so that like, it seems like that had a curse attached to it. Cause like a lot of people who were involved in that film, like never did anything again. Like his co-director, Ted Berman, uh, that was the last thing he ever directed or animated. Oh. But then again, he was 71 at the time. Oh. So it was probably time to go. But yeah, a lot of, if, if you look on IMDb and you click it like on all the, on some of the, not all, but it's just kind of funny. It's like, wow, after Black Cauldron, that guy did nothing. <laughs> Luckily, Richard Rich did not. He moved on. Like Don Bluth, he started his own studio, which is called Rich Entertainment. Classy. Base it on yourself. Exactly. Well, because that's like... That's a play on his name, too. It, that's nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's rich and full of life. <laughs> so what, rich. Well, that's what he did. Like, after that, he, he went and started creating direct-to-video, 30-minute animated videos, marketing to families and so these you may or may not have seen them they're you know they teach you positive ethical and spiritual values they're stories of the old testament the new testament the book of mormon also like historical figures like pocahontas george washington ben franklin trust me like i don't know like i think there's like some sort of like catalog scheme that you can get a hold of these like you buy one a month yeah because i know a lot of people who have the whole entire (laughs) collection and like half of them are still like shrink trap but um yeah, so he went and did that, and, and that gave him, you know, enough fun so he could do a feature, which was, his first one was The Swan Princess. So basically, all of those videos that I have that he did, I helped him produce The Swan Princess. Yeah. So, way to go. Uh, thank you. <laughs> you know, I do what I can, and I live to give, so. Excellent. You're welcome, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> he went on to do sequels for The Swan Princess, which we'll talk about, then The King and I actually was the one that bankrupted his studio. Ouch. Yeah, that ha- seems to happen for these guys who break off from Disney. It happened to Bluth, it happened to Richard. But anyways, recently he made a comeback. His studio was purchased after bankruptcy. It was purchased by an Indian company called Crest Animation Studios. So then it formed the studio called Rich Crest Animation Studios, a merger. But I don't know, I couldn't like find the information, but somewhere during the middle of that, they got more funding, and now they're just called Crest Animation Productions. So they completely dropped Rich from 
whatever. But he was the producer of the movie that they most recently came out with was the semi-successful Alpha and Omega. Hmm. And so they're making an Alpha and Omega too. So that's kind of the story arc of Richard Rich as we know it so far. So we're going to go way back in time and talk about his first, which was The Swan Princess. The Swan Princess was released in November of 1994. And it was loosely based on the Swan Lake, which is actually a famous ballet. There's a lot of differences that they moved around to make the story a lot more uh, child-friendly, I guess you could say, uh, fan-friendly. So here are some of the differences that we thought were pretty, pretty unique. In the play, the lake is actually formed by her grieving mother's tears, which oh. is kind of random. <laughs> I'm sure it has some symbolicness to that, but I haven't you know, read into it enough to really find out. Well, considering in the movie, Odette's mom isn't even mentioned, even right. though, like, this baby appears. Yeah. You know? A baby is born, but let's not even recognize the mob, so we don't have to deal with the dead yeah. mother. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I never thought about that. <laughs> They're like, that, that's too sticky. <laughs> I always just, like, assumed that, like, she just died after childbirth or something I, like that. I, yeah. You know? I, surrogate mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Concubine. <laughs> Yay! Oh, <laughs> oh man, that would make more sense. That adds another depth to the story. Um, also, in the in the movie, there's a, like this hag lady. Yeah, she doesn't have a name in the movie, but in the play, her name is Odile, and she's actually Rothbart's daughter, which is interesting when you think about. It. They probably had a little bit more of competition between Odette and the daughter. Something yeah. going on there. Also, Derek in the movie, his name in the play is Siegfried, which is an older name that you can... Yeah, they obviously were like, that name's not going to resonate well with our audience. (laughs) Odette, that's an awesome name. That is an awesome name. It's actually like... I don't know. I couldn't potentially name a child that. Don't steal that. I've been saving <laughs> that one for years. So. Okay. It's yours. <laughs> Thank you. And so Siegfried, he makes a vow to Odile and Odette flees. I'm sure throwing her hands up in the air. On very, her tippy toes. Yes. Very melodramatic. And saying she would rather die than be without him. So, so that's the same. So that's the same. But but then he also decides to take that same vow and say that, well, if you won't live, then I'm going to die, too. So, Very Romeo and Juliet of him. Yeah, right. Why not? <laughs> they go to the lake and throw themselves out into the lake as a sacrifice when Rothbard arrives. This breaks the spell that she is under, and it frees Odette and, I guess, some of her other companions that had been changed as well. But actually, the ballet ends with Siegfried and Odette ascending into heaven. So yeah. they die, but... It's a tragedy. That's... I'm sorry. That's kind of a Debbie Downer. <laughs> yes, they definitely changed that for the movie. I'm kind of glad they did. I mean, it's loosely based on the play, so they had kind of liberties to do right. so, but... You know, you're right, and I am glad that they changed the ending as well, because it definitely helped pad my unrealistic expectations of life. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Always a happy ending. Everything ends in a happy ending, so... <gasps> Perfect. Yeah. So that's that. So if you've, I mean, if you were hoping on seeing the play someday, we just spoiled it for you. I'm so sorry. But now, <laughs> but now you know. But now you know. Okay. So the movie, it actually made only $9.77 million in the box office, which did not help because the budget was $35 million. Yeah, that's no good. 
kind of unfortunate because it was considered a failure in that respect. But with the release of the VHS, it kind of made back its original budget, plus the $20 million video campaign. Mm -hmm. So that was good. It prevented them from going into bankruptcy. They were able to produce more sequels and ended up, this has actually pretty been profitable for them. Yeah, I mean, especially I've talked about this movie a lot with friends, and they all know it. So obviously it wasn't that much of a failure. Uh, well, maybe because they all know it from the the VHS. Exactly. Maybe not. I don't remember seeing this in theaters. I may have. I don't most think likely, I saw it. But maybe at the Dollar Theater, if I did. <laughs> uh, but, the Dollar Theater. <laughs> but that's why we love VHS and DVDs and <laughs> all of these things that we can pass on from friend to friend. Yeah. So my original like memory of this, I remember I had a friend named Jenny, and I play Barbies at her house all the time. I was always over there. I took piano lessons from her mom. Hi, Jenny. So, hey, Jenny. <laughs> so she loved this movie. She had all three of them. And I remember, like, we always watched this movie at her house. I didn't have this one. I don't know why. I mean, we had every other movie. But I just remember, like, whenever I see this movie, I associate it with my friend Jenny, which is really fun, which is really awesome. I like Jenny. <laughs> Good. I'm glad my, I'm sure the viewers. Are Did the, she have all of them? She had all of them, yeah. But I don't remember seeing... All of them with her. Yeah. I recently have watched them on YouTube. <laughs> and, um, yeah. They're no, interesting. They're, they're not, not so good. We'll talk about sequels on another day. Yeah. <laughs> I really love the characters in this movie. I think that is one of the main things that make it so memorable and classic. They're really strong. Yeah. I think. All the characters are very strong. Um, they can hold their own. Like, Odette, she's not... I don't know. We'll talk about Odette and how we feel about her as a princess. Because princesses, you know, when you get that title thrown on you, there's a lot of... Uh, Expectations. There, there are. <laughs> I'm sure Kate Middleton feels that <laughs> recently. I'm she sure. can she can relate to all these princesses. <laughs> she just she just started doing her own little uh, princess marathon. Like I understand you now. <laughs> oh my gosh, tabloid. <laughs> Kate Middleton has Disney marathon to understand her title of princess. <laughs> hey, could happen. It could happen. Maybe it did. And these are definitely they they teach good things. So, speaking of Odette, how do you feel about Odette? I always liked her. So the first impression that you get of her is in, during the song and the sequence of This Is My Idea. And just that little sequence really sets up the characters really well. And I agree. I love how she just, like, starts throwing tomatoes and starts doing all these things. And she's yet, sassy. She, she's sassy and classy. Yes. <laughs> so it's just like, well, whatever. I am here and... <laughs> I guess I win. <laughs> wow, look at that. Yeah, that's actually a good a good scene that you mentioned, that they really do develop her character pretty well. They start with Derek's character as he's kind of like the rambunctious guy. He is kind of disrespectful to Odette, doesn't really like the fact that she's there. And I think that's paired with the fact that he has a guy friend with him. You know, yeah. like, you know, guys can be, like, really cool one-on-one when you're little, but then once, like, another guy, it's like, ew, girls! So I think that maybe that was, that played a part of it, but... But, yeah, from the very beginning, they established Odette as a very mature character. And not, not ditzy in any way. Mm-hmm. Very capable, I think. Yeah. And um, she has an awesome dress. I love her dress. Yeah. I didn't particularly like the wedding dress. Yeah. That was just kind of weird. But I loved her dress throughout the whole thing. It was like, I always wanted to make puffy sleeves like that. You can. Mm. You could probably buy it from a cosplay store or whatnot. Halloween, Chelsea. Yeah, maybe. So, Liz Calloway did her singing voice. Which is kind of funny because we kind of mentioned Anastasia. Liz, Liz Calloway also did the singing voice of Anastasia, which is kind of one of those 
princesses, but not Disney. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she also did Kiara in The Lion King 2 and Jasmine in all of her sequels. She's really good. I've always enjoyed listening to the songs that she's done. Yeah. So now let's talk about Derek. I think, like, for me, the main meat of the conversation is with Derek, because I I think you you see him, he's pretty prominent, um, and he's just incredibly flawed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Odette's flawed, but not so much. No. Really not as much as him. From the very beginning, he, the quote, Derek, what else? What else is there? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Derek, Derek. (laughs) So, which I think is really funny about that scene is like the second he says that, it's like, it's over. We just got here for our summer trip. We're supposed to stay all summer, but we're leaving. Yeah. Like, we're never coming back. (laughs) Like, you ruined it. One strike, you're out. Well, and also, right after she asks him, then it goes over and shoots at her dad, and her dad's like, uh, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> headstrong female. Yeah, thing. like, more, it's like, he's already knows that this other guy's going to utterly fail. <laughs> so he's just like, don't do it, we've been here for this long, don't ask him this. Yeah, I never know, yeah, that's totally right. <laughs> that's really funny. And then when they're driving back on the... When they're driving back, the dad looks at Odette and he's like, but really, Odette, what else did you want him to say? (laughs) As if to say, really, what else is there? (laughs) These guys, they're all thinking exactly the same. Like, how horrible is that? Like, Odette's probably sitting there like, are you kidding me, dad? Oh, man. (laughs) Odette, come on. We know looks are all you got going for you. (laughs) Horrible. (laughs) That's not true. That's not true. That's really awesome. Yeah, she is. Yeah, I think Odette, like, kind of going back to her, they kind of really tried to make her stand as her own to separate herself from, like, other princesses, where it's just been, like, totally okay. Like, the princess is beautiful. That's all that matters. Let's get married. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, that's, like, really trivializing the princesses. Like, it's not as simple as that. But they, they tried to make her a bit more headstrong and competent. But, yeah, then they make Derek seem like the buffoon. Yeah, he is. I was watching some of the clips on YouTube, and just, like, going through, and you know how you find those, like, really random, funny, hilarious quotes? YouTube comments are the best. They are. Sometimes. It's also the bathroom wall of society, so... <laughs> you gotta be careful with some things, but this one was awesome. And this girl was like, I wish that they made Derek better looking when he was an adult. He was so much better looking when he was younger. They made his nose bigger and gave him one giant tooth. (laughs) (laughs) I never noticed the giant tooth, but when I looked at it, I'm like, she's right. (laughs) Just one. (laughs) Just to add to the flaws of this guy. But it's funny. Morgan and I have watched a few of the other... Richard, Richard Witch films. Yes, those other 30-minute clip things. When we were younger, we came up with this theory that one of the main ways that you can define a bad guy just by looking at him is the size of his nose. So if you watch all of his things, if their nose is really big, it's probably a bad guy. Yeah, really big and like, most likely has a kink in it. Most likely. He doesn't change. He's no. very predictable in his, you know, character design. But um, Derek has a big nose, but no kink. No just, kink. It's so, just bigger. Just yeah. a little bigger. But it's okay to have a big nose, but not like a crookedy, scary not like nose. Rothbard. Yeah, not like Rothbard. Rothbard. He's, it's bad. <laughs> definitely. So so right away, we know. Speaking of the way Derek looks, it was really funny. I was looking at the new DVD case for it. 
And he has, like, significantly changed. He's kind of got, like, a Bieber-esque, like, hairdo. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like he, you know, one of those guys who gets, this doesn't happen very often, but they get a lot of plastic surgery. <laughs> so, all like, they're, like, 30 or 40, and their features are just, like, slicked back. So it looks yes. like, like Derek 20 years later with plastic surgery and, like, more of a Bieber do, which is really funny because they, for these, like, re-releases of, of the films, they, I don't know why, but they feel like they have to get a new cover. Uh-huh. And then, you know, they can't get the same artist who two years of their life spent drawing this character. And so mm-hmm. they just have some other guy design it. And it's never as good. Right. Like, uh, there's just always, like, major flaws with the character design. And this is one of them. It's kind of like a, what the... <laughs> I'll put it. I'll put it on the in the show notes so you can look and see what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, and also going along with Derek's rudeness during the song, he's like, "She started out as such an ugly duckling. Like, really? Was she ever that ugly at any point? No. Like, she did have like her ten year old age when she had freckles, but yeah, other than that, the freckles she was in the break. Like, they were alone. Yeah. <laughs> It was just like, just like, man, this guy has the nerve. <laughs> she started out as such an ugly duckling, but then how suddenly became a swan. It's like, even then, <laughs> he's like trying to talk down to her. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, I want you, but first I have to bring you down. Right. <laughs> I'm not letting you letting you forget that you were ugly. <laughs> well, I think also just like that whole scene just is really good at showing feelings of kids yeah. and growing up and your your ideals and your ideas toward the opposite sex. Yeah. And so as kids, you're just like, I don't want to be with you. And then it just that like yeah. sticks with you yeah. forever. Like, no, that's like brother. Ew, go mm-hmm. away. And then at the end, it's like, oh, wait. What was, I was just closing my eyes for 10 years. I don't know what happened. And it's also a really easy, like, tie into the swan theme. Yeah. Like, ugly duckling turns to a swan. Like, that's lyrical gold. (laughs) (laughs) I also love the quote right after she picks up and leaves. So when they're talking to Rogers and he's just trying to explain, like, what were you thinking saying that? He's like, I don't know. I just, I'm not good at this stuff, basically saying. And Bromley is sitting next there and he's like trying to play chess with him. And Derek's not paying attention at all. And so he's just going back and he says, oh, you lost a queen, Derek. And he's like, that's twice in one day. (laughs) (laughs) He does have some great lines. Yeah, (laughs) I love um, Roger's quote right there. He's like, you should write a book. How to offend women in five syllables or less. (laughs) Which I never would have got when I was little, but what else is there? Oh, yeah. And then, like, right there, when he's trying to explain, like, he obviously didn't mean it when he said, when he's like, what else is there? Like He's on the spot in the middle of this giant party. He just said, hey, we're getting married. Arrange the marriage. (laughs) Like, what the? (laughs) It's a bit bold. I know. (laughs) But I love, I think Rogers is like, you must see something else than Odette's beauty. He's like, of course I do, Rogers. She's like, you know, how about, and then, I mean, right? (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) No, we're not following. Yeah. I love that scene of just him because he, just, he still can't get it right. No, yeah, he can't. But it also adds a lot to the endearingness of him. Because you're just like, you know, you have a lot of problems, but... You're trying. You're trying. And at, you know what you want still. Like, you're still in it. You're still in the game. You just haven't given up yet. But you're still like, ah, I gotta get, gotta get through this. Yeah. So. Overall, how do you feel about him? Overall, I like him. 
I, I just, like I like them too. Yeah, like you said, strong characters, and they just grab your attention, and you just like them. Yeah. If you were perfect, and they got married in the first ten minutes, I mean, meh. Where's the story in that? All right, now the main antagonist in this one is Rothbart. And Rothbart, there was really funny. In the very first scene, you see him, he's totally got this huge thing against against the king. Yep. <laughs> and he like goes back into his, his little lair and he's trying to create this master plan to try and get rid of the king. And then what was really funny to me, it says that he was foiled basically on the night before that he went in and did it. And it's basically just shows the King's guards, like run into his house and knock over a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> but it's like, it's like all of his dark powers were, were banished to the, into the dark or all of his powers were banished into the dark. And that, that was really, really easy. That was it. Like you had a few potions that you needed to smash and your powers are gone. Like, I don't know. It wasn't too believable about how he lost his powers. I'm pretty sure sorcerers and and people like that, it's it's more internal than it is everything else. I didn't see him with, like, a magic wand they snapped in half, but maybe it was all tied to those potions and, yeah. and, and doodads that were on his table. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you feel about the side characters? There's Jean-Bob the Frog, there's Lieutenant Puffin, and then there is Speed the Turtle. And then there's the alligator guys. Yeah, but the alligator guys don't talk, so I don't count them. I actually like them. I really like Jean-Bob, just because he's totally deluded, but (laughs) it's all good. And then Puffin is General Puffin, and friends call me Speed. (laughs) (laughs) I really like him, so I'm a fan of him. I'm a fan of Speed and Jean-Bob. I just, I feel like the Puffin character, like, kind of came out of left field. Yeah, I can see that. I could do without him. He just kind of, like, flew in. Like, he's a penguin? Like, I'm pretty sure this is in... No, he's a puffin. Oh, well, puffin penguin, right? No, it's a bird. Puffin is a small species of bird. Oh, you're right. But it looks like a penguin. He's in the same spot at SeaWorld, so... (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. I just feel like there's this random, like, puffin. I'm kind of like, where did you come from? Like, you just flew in, and now you're part of the gang. I would have been okay with two side characters. I mean, I, I think we talked about this Tangled last week. There's, like, this incessant need for princesses to have someone to talk to that's not human. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm just like, can't we get one movie where there isn't, like, a side character that's just, like, the gags of the story to, like, hold the little kid's attention? I mean, yeah. I guess we get Rango, but... Even Anastasia, she had her dog. Yeah. I think it's just, like, we have to keep the little kids entertained. Now, is this something that could be decided, like, for example, I have a dog. You have a dog. Is this going along with the fact that humans need some type of an animal with us? Maybe. They're not judgmental. Yeah. They're just going to do what they want and love you for you who you are. Yeah, but they're usually not snarky and witty and (laughs) talk. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Ruin my line of thinking. (laughs) It's okay. I don't know. So my my main like problem with this is I feel it takes away from the Odette storyline, kind of like Jacques and Gus Gus in Cinderella. The first 40 minutes essentially are Jacques and Gus Gus helping them find the sash, helping them find the pearls. Randomly, they're going to get some corn. Like, and we don't get to Cinderella's story until like the last half hour, it's, like, all speed line. She doesn't even make it to the ball. So I kind of feel this. I mean, I would have much preferred to see more of Odette and, like, what's going on with her. 
this isn't as bad as Cinderella does it, but uh, I could do without. But I know, like you, you said you can do with. Yeah. So now we're going to be talking about the songs. Woo. Yay! I want to ask Morgan, do you think that there are too many songs, or what were your thoughts on them? Um, I don't think so. I mean, when I just think of the movie, I don't think of any songs that were pointless or just like, what was that? Mm-hmm. Maybe, what's the one song where they're they're doing the shooting? Practice, practice, practice. practice. <laughs> well, I like that song. So I like it too. I like all the songs. I, I don't have any problem with these songs. I, I think they're... They're not obviously Broadway masterpieces or, or grand classics that you're going to hear on the radio anytime soon. You will hear them on my iPod, usually. <laughs> but I think, I love them. I like the songs. I don't think that there are too many. I think they did a really good job at, you know, the same amount of songs that you would normally have. But for me, they weren't enough songs that just stood out as, like, could stand on their own songs. Uh-huh. The only ones that I really thought stood on their own were um, This Is My Idea. And the princess is on parade. Really? Yeah, those are the only ones that really oh. I think of when I think back to that movie and try and think of all the all the songs that are in it. All the rest of them kind of fade away, but those were, I guess, the gimmicky ones enough that I yeah. I, I would say I remember. This is my idea. That I think is my favorite song from this for whole sure. from this whole movie. And then for always and forever mm-hmm. is that the name of the song? Yeah, uh, I like that song. Yeah, princess is on parade doesn't, like, stand out when I first think of, okay, songs from this movie, but it does come up. But mm-hmm. that's interesting. That That's, like, top of mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, whatever. <laughs> when I, I just remember, there's one, only one song that I really remember that I didn't like, and that was the No Fear song. Ugh, oh, but sidekicks. Yeah, it was all about the sidekicks. <laughs> no I, Fear. <laughs> do, do, do. I just remember that being the only song that I would actually get up off of my chair and fast forward. Yes, yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. Like, I'm done. I don't need this one again. I've heard it. Yeah, okay. So I take my back. I take back. There is one useless song in this movie, <laughs> yeah. and that it's that one. But there... <laughs> no fear. <laughs> no fear. <laughs> yeah, I, they could have done without that one, but whatever. They wanted to utilize all the sidekicks. Yeah. There is this song in the in the credits. Have you heard it? It's called Eternity. It's by a Japanese, like, rock band called Dreams Come True. What? It, yeah, it's called Eternity. You ever listen to the credits? Um, I'll, I, I'll play it right now. Okay. Yeah, it's not the best. I'm. It's not my favorite song. It's like a classic. I could totally see someone doing that for their wedding. Oh, no. It's like really bad. Are you going to do that for your wedding? No. <laughs> You're saving that one, aren't you? Yeah. Okay, while I was looking through a bunch of the YouTube videos, I saw for Swan Princess 2, at the very end, they have a rap session. Let's play <laughs> some of that one for you right now. 
Okay, this is your song you need to record, all oh of you. Gosh. You're rapping, Odette. Got that? <laughs> rapping Odette. <laughs> what? What? Wait. Repeat yourself? <laughs> oh my gosh. What? I, I did not sign up for this. I better get paid twice. You don't get scared. Now, isn't that right, Yes, of course, mother. You got your Berta in there as well, Derek, and all of the friends. Oh, man, it's a party. That's great. There's just no cause to doubt what the outcome will be. Because your competence breeds confidence. Until all at once you feel, say it! No fear. I just started listening and oh my gosh, Morgan, you have to watch this. <laughs> Chelsea, my real question is, why were you watching the credits of Swan Princess 2? Because all of the other Swan Princesses don't work and this was just, like, it's just, I was looking for Swan Princess Part 2, but it was just okay. Swan Princess 2 and yeah. it was the last one, so I just watched it because I'd never seen it. Yeah. And so I was like, I'll watch the tail end of this and see what it's like. Oh my gosh. Not good. No. Yeah. That's a Especially when you top it off or end it off with, with a rap. Rap. <laughs> rap session. Oh man. So let's talk about this is I this is my idea. Because I include that song on my Disney playlist. Uh-huh. It's that good, I yes. think. That um it's on there. I think this is it's just a great way to start off the movie. I mean they have a little intro like Princess is born and yada yada yada. We want them to get married and then bam into the song and it's it's great to see, like you said, the story progression, the character progression. We get to see their personalities really well. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just so full of so many great lines. Like, I know. You know me, I'm a quoter, and <laughs> this is quotable. This one's awesome. It's like, it's such good parenting and politics. <laughs> so, uh, oh, oh, there's just so many good ones. There's, um, what if Odette doesn't go for the merger? Merger. <laughs> Best quote ever. Like, how do you urge her? You just you just rhymed merger with urge her. That's awesome. Yes, yes. There's a lot of really random little things that are like, really? Okay, that's awesome. What's the one? What's another one? Such fun. (laughs) I love Uberta. She's so funny. (laughs) She's like, well. Anyway, Derek. <laughs> we could probably say that whole thing. <laughs> I know. We're not going to make we it. Won't, we won't, but <laughs> through this one. What if, but there was one more that I really liked. When picking teams. Or friends. I never choose her. You'd think she'd take a hint and learn to read. This really isn't fair. We really couldn't care. Boys, it's all or none. This is not my this idea. This isn't my idea. Of fun. <laughs> Oh gosh, this is what happens when Mason's not on the podcast. It just turns to singing fast. (laughs) Oh my gosh, so funny. (laughs) Oh my gosh, what are we doing? It's 2 (laughs) a.m. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, off 
awesome, awesome quotes. Yeah. If you want to hear all of its goodness, watch the movie. Or <laughs> yeah, you don't want to hear us. Maybe, do maybe uh, we'll put we'll record the whole thing and we'll put it as a blooper. <laughs> oh man. Okay, okay, done. We're totally doing it. If you don't want to hear it, you just don't have to. Don't listen. have to listen. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, what are some key scenes that stand out to you in the movie? For me, um, the death of King William. It's actually kind of surprising and unexpected. Like, you don't expect... I mean, the mom is non-existent. Who knows what happened? <laughs> and then you don't expect the dad to die. I just, mean, yeah, just, like, out of nowhere. Yeah. It's kind of sad, because now Odette has no parents. Right. Do, do they not even, like, bring this to her attention? Odette, you're a swan and an orphan. <laughs> and she doesn't even seem to care about it. She doesn't know, I don't think. Maybe I don't not. I don't think she, like it gets brought to her attention when Derek sees her. Derek's just so like, oh, Odette, you're alive. I love you. He doesn't say, oh, yeah. Um, By the Rothbart way. Rothbart killed your dad. Oh, but, man. That's, that's so funny. There's all these, like, plot holes that, like, make it good. You know, I'm glad they didn't focus on the mom not around, and I'm glad they didn't focus too much on yeah. the dad being dead. But at the same time, it's like, it's pretty harsh. There's a lot of death in a mu- movie that no one seems to care about. <laughs> Oh, that is like, this, nah, whatever. This is where our desensitized minds, like, got our start <laughs> with the fact that all these people are dying and nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. Sad. <laughs> but also you think about, had Odette not asked that question of, what else? <gasps> Odette killed her dad. <laughs> She's responsible. She well, I don't know, because then at the very beginning of the movie, Rothbart did, like, curse the family and they kind of forget about it and move on like oh we life went on as normal so it was unfortunate timing it was very unfortunate timing he was just kind of waiting around and happened to be passing by at that time yeah yeah but at the same time had he still been at the party planning the wedding yep he would have lasted at least a little bit longer yeah i mean maybe could have seen some grandkids out of it maybe I wonder if the dad was all mad at her for asking (laughs) questions don't do it (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) oh man um, so how do you feel about Odette forgiving Derek pretty easily? Do you think, like, the trauma of being turned into a swan made her realize, I actually do love Derek, he's a pretty big deal, I was kind of being a brat when I said, what else? Well, maybe. I think she just wanted, she just wanted to hear him say it. And yeah. so I think that's one of the the follies that we as women kind of take sometimes, is we want to hear too much. Uh, yes. I think it's probably true. High expectations. We do. All well, the guys are like, she's hot. It's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. But <laughs> if any guy listeners have an opinion on this, please write in and let us know. Cause we're a bit female biased today. <laughs> this is like the uh, feminist version of Swan princess from our eyes. <laughs> but at least now they're hearing what we actually think. I don't hide it either way, but <laughs> All right, but it's true though. Like she's she's put it out too much. She's regretting the fact. Like, dang it! I knew he liked me from the very beginning. He was just being a dork. But now I just want to hear him. I just want to hear him say that. But you know what? I'm tired of being a swan. Just get me out of here, Derek. <laughs> yeah. And then you know when he does hear her hear him say it, the vow of everlasting love. You know, and it's no! to the wrong girl. I mean, she's really jealous. And, well, I mean, I obviously get the reason. I well, mean, obviously. if he said it's the wrong girl, then 
that's one thing I don't really get. Like, I guess we're moving on to the conundrum section. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why... I mean, he said Odette, like, the name, and obviously his intentions yeah. were actually Odette, not the clone sitting next to him. So, like, I know this is something that obviously happens in the in the ballet. Right. So it translated into the movie. But, like, I never understood that. I was like, why does it matter? Like, because technically... That's not Odette. It just looks like Odette, and he's making a vow to this fake Odette. So it's technically not... Those two things aren't matching up. Yeah, I don't understand. It's not like he said, goes to die I make a vow of everlasting love to this old hag. You know, then I understand. If or, that, even, or even whomever this person is. <laughs> it is this person incarnate. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> then I understand yeah. why, I was, why I was finding. Yeah, but there's, at this point, he's giving a name, and to him, it's all her. She's yeah. got the necklace, she's got everything. There's no reason to think that it's not her. Yeah, it is dumb. Rothbart with his stupid loopholes. Yeah. Dumb. Whatever. You're dumb, Rothbart. <laughs> not cool. He's kind of a, a grisly villain. He reminds me of um, Groundskeeper Willie from The Simpsons. <laughs> Just does. like a buffer, more conniving, menacing, yeah. sorcerer version of him. <laughs> he does. A bigger nose. Yeah, bigger, <laughs> yes, crookedy nose. Not from Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> well, he just had, yeah, yeah. No, no accent, but that's funny. Here's some random trivia for you, Morgan. Did, yeah. you, did you know that Lord Rothbart does, there's one part where he's, he's singing No More Mr. Nice Guy, mm-hmm. and he goes down and he does these, like, one-arm push-ups? Really awesome. Yeah. He, that is actually a reference to the voice actor, one of his previous roles mm-hmm. was in City Slickers. Mm-hmm. He was the old man on City Slickers, and there's at one point in time where he just, like, drops down and does these one-arm push-ups. Do you realize how old he was when he was doing that? Mm, no, because I don't really know who this guy is. Okay, he's like 73. What? He's 73, and he's going down and doing these one-arm push-ups. Like, I can't even do one-arm push-ups. I can't even do full push-ups, okay? <laughs> <gasps> this is Impressive. Just, I know. That's cool. I know. I was like, go, guy. I like when they do things like that. Yeah. But the guy who plays him, he's just, he's got a menacing voice. He does a really good job. It's really funny. The voice cast for this... For Swan Princess, all the main characters, except for Odette and Derek, are pretty famous yeah. people out in the acting world. Yeah, except for those two. Like, the main characters, because it was funny when we were watching that clip that we showed at the beginning. It's, like, featuring the voice talents of Jack Palance, John Cleese, Stephen Wright, and, and others. You know, it's yeah. like, wait, who's, who's Odette? I, I kind of want to... <laughs> nope, not... She's nobody? Okay, cheap, cut and budget. Okay, Derek? Oh, nope. He just got out of high school. Is his first gig. <laughs> so I hope they don't listen to this. <laughs> I, I'm hoping these actors have moved on and got more gigs, and they're not I like clinging so. to their one thing of fame. I was on Swan Princess, and now I listen to everything Swan Princess I can. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We'll leave it at that then. So okay, um, I know we're like talking about this beginning scene a lot, but um, when Derek sees Odette for the beginning, I have a conundrum. So he's like. She turns around, he's just captivated and mesmerized by her. But, like, I thought they see each other, it says in the song, every June until September. Uh-huh. They kind of switch off. I mean, we only see, like, four basic scenes of them growing up. So, I mean, he really, he'd seen her the year before. I don't think she had changed that much. <laughs> From 17 to 18. Yeah, like, I understand if you hadn't seen her since she was 14, and all of a yeah. sudden it's like, hello. That's the difference. Yeah, which is what they make you think it's... Well, no, she's like, she's like the 12-year-old version, which is ugly. And then she's like kind of the she's hot like freshman. Yeah. yeah. 
And, you know, she's good. She's good yeah. looking there. I see no problems with Odette at 15. <laughs> at you know, so. I think it was just him, like, being just jealous of her. Like, just like, ah, yeah. you. Yeah, it just finally sunk in. I don't know. I just thought it was funny. It was like, really? Is there that big of a difference here? So I'm just going to say, okay, one thing I noticed during that song is at the very end when Odette and Derek see each other and they are, you know, Twitter painted and starstruck, they're starting to dance. It's a complete ripoff. Maybe they like to say pay homage to. <laughs> but that is ripoff. It's a ripoff of Sleeping Beauty during that exact same scene. It's the same, like, purpley blue um, peak colors. Yeah. And they're dancing kind of on a cloud, just floating, and everything else disappears. It works. It works. It totally works. But as I was watching it, I was like, hey. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> I always wondered, where does that other castle come from? Like, yeah. There's just this random castle just hanging out in the middle of the wilderness. Like Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Well, it's like Beauty and the Beast, I guess. But this one's kind of... I mean, it is run down and it's kind of forgotten. But really, I know that there's a lot of castles in Europe, but are really <laughs> that many that people could just totally forget about this one? With this next to the great... It's got a great location, okay? It's right on the lake. You got some waterfalls going and everything. I mean, prime spot. Yes, How do we yes. just forget about this? Uh, that's my, my question. Yeah. I have I have no answers to that. Like that's the thing. Like Odette's missing. Nobody cares. There's no search parties. Yeah. Like no. Everyone just kind of what they assume she's dead. Well, what's hap- what happened to her kingdom? Like, well, yeah. Like her kingdom are, doesn't uh, care at all. Their king just died, and now the only known heir is or is missing or potentially dead. But eh, whatever. Like I don't know. I'm I'm wondering if it's just so far away they do have to get on a boat. That. And at right now, no, there's nobody collecting taxes. Yeah, oh, no taxes. No, they're pretty happy with that. <laughs> I think they're okay with it. Woo-hoo, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I still, like, don't understand why the mom is so completely just... When Odette leaves, she's just so over Odette. She's yeah. like, Derek, you can't, you gotta get over her. She's, she's gone. But, yeah. like... You have no sympathy, woman. Like this, <laughs> this is the girl you've been bringing to your house for the past summer. I mean, it's just, it's just a funny. Yeah, his mom is kind of shallow, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got the princesses on parade. You know, that's just <laughs> that's the swan fun. hair. Yeah, the flowers. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, I love the princesses on parade. One of my favorites. I still quote is like. This is Uberta. There's no cause too menial. In fact, all the other girls think she's the most congenial. <laughs> he does a really good job at like rhyming. Is that things. the one who's a, who has the corn? No, but she's just always around, trying to be everybody's friend, oh. and, like trying to save the world, and just oh, they have hi. the most. They have the most awkward princesses in that. There's like the corn girl. There's the, the really girl. creepy girl who's like wearing suit of armor but her face <laughs> is like yes. has armor like drilled into her face which is so creepy because she just like opens it up hey yeah <laughs> i mean it's it's odd okay so last but not least unless you have any last thoughts on swan princess scenes you like thoughts about it impressions i just love this movie uh it's one of those that i have from childhood so it's it's great i don't have anything else to add for the moment. I'm sure we could, I could go on, but you know, the podcast is getting long. It's been long enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what would you rate it? I'm going to give it four stars. Oh, just ambitious. The, well, it's got the childhood link for me. Yes. And this has the replay value for me that I could watch it over and over and over. And I just want to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. So that gives it a lot of, a lot of oomph in the yeah. star category. Okay, cool. 
So I really love this movie. I It used to be on Netflix. And when it was on Netflix, it was one that was an easy, you know, turn on and watch and enjoy it. Like, I have no problem with this movie. I, I like the pacing. It's really well done. Like we said, the characters are really strong and hold their own. There are a few... Things that I don't like, obviously, you know, my aversion to sidekick characters for the most part, but they do a good job. There is that unnecessary song that's not so great, but whatever, it, it helps them. It moves it along. It moves it along a whatever. bit so they can find the key to the, the dungeon. But, okay, I'm going to give this four stars. I like it. I think it's really well done. Uh, Roger Ebert, he also gave it three out of four stars. So kind of kind of similar. So that gives me like, I feel okay giving it that because he, he also appreciated this movie for what it was. So I give it four stars and Chelsea gives it four stars. Good. I like it. I feel okay with that. I'm sure people are like, oh my gosh, Swan Princess sucks. I can't believe you do it. You give all your movies good ratings. It's because we pick movies that are good so far. Yeah, we like. We haven't quite got to the bottom of the barrel because why? We don't want to. We don't want to yet. So, four stars. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Yay! Go team. Mailbag! <laughs> All right, here is our mailbag section, which makes me feel good when we get mail. I know. So, we did get one piece of mail, but we're going to use it for next episode. It, it's going to relate to our nerdy couch discussion. Um, so, I'm holding off on that. But we did get one that I just thought was really nice and made me feel good and, and happy. So more I'm just sharing this for me and Chelsea and Mason so we can, you know, give us a little little boost to our enthusiasm to continue doing these podcasts. Yeah, it, it gives us a little motivation. We're like, oh, people are listening. Cool. Oh, people are listening and liking it. Even better. Oh, people are listening, liking it and commenting and telling us. That's the best. I get kind of nervous when I open the fan mail because I like criticism and it makes us better, but then there's always that, oh, you're, you're right, oh, criticism. But this one is awesome, okay? So I'm just going to read it. Hey, Rotoscopers, I really like your show. I find myself looking forward to the next episode before it comes out. I've seen most of the movies you've discussed at length on your show, but, but I did recently watch Rockadoodle and Rango for the first time because of your show. Thank you. Glad we could help. I enjoy your discussions. You guys are obviously animation fans from childhood, but you also can talk intelligently about the movies. You all sound college educated. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> I'll agree with that. We think, we think that's a good thing, too. <laughs> wow. We sound smart. <laughs> you don't sound like slick radio DJs. Instead, you sound more like the atmosphere you describe on the show. Young adults, proud of their animation nerdum, lounging around on a couch in beanbag chairs, chatting about their favorite subject at 2 in the morning. Not that you sound tired, but at 2 a.m., people that are still up tend to be more relaxed and less inhibited. Amen, brother. Perfect. We couldn't have said it better. That was like the exact atmosphere feeling I was going for, hoping for with the show, that it was just kind of chill, nerdy, fun. That was like... That's a perfect way to describe it. Thank you. <laughs> I have become an animation nerd over the last few years. I am currently working on a small anime-styled project, but I enjoy listening to your podcast more than any anime podcast that I've found. I still love American animation, and you tend to be more edifying. Aw, thanks. Aww. Glad I, we try. <laughs> thanks for all the work you put into the show. It is really fun and encouraging to listen to. John. Thanks, John. <laughs> Thank you, John. We appreciate it. Seriously, that is really nice of him. And it's really nice of all of you who want to share your 
thoughts, critiques, or even kind words with us. Because like we said before, it, it really does give us a lot of energy and excitement to keep going and to, you know, be on time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we can release them on a timely schedule. Because sometimes it's like, is anyone actually listening to this? Yes, I know we're doing this for ourselves, like we've said, but are we just putting this out there just because? But it's or- nice to hear that like people are actually listening. Or, I mean, it, it does get to the point where you're like, oh, we're kind of busy, you know. Let's let's not. Let's do it next week. And Yeah. Yeah. So, actually, I really liked that he mentioned anime in there. What I think one of our next films we should do is a Miyazaki film, because we haven't touched on that at all. So, thanks for reminding us about that. We've been meaning to. We saw Secret of Arietti. Arietti? I can never say it right still. Arietti. I saw The Secret of Arietti. Um but we didn't like do a full review on it. So we need to do another one. Um, so we'll get to that soon. So thank you for your email, John. And yeah. All right. Any, any last things you need to share to the world, Chelsea? We wanted to take one second actually to remind you guys also about audible.com. I have had such a great experience this last week. I, I signed up for the audible, uh, just by you're looking at the show notes, you know, you have a, a link to it right next to it. And I was able to download some really cool audiobooks, things that I wouldn't have been able to get my hands on just because I don't get to the bookstore all that often. Mm-hmm. And also I've, I have stuff that I kind of need to do. And so it's, it's awesome even more than just podcasts, but to have books going on in the background has really helped me a lot. The one that I'm listening to right now is actually the biography of Frank Sinatra. Nice. It's really interesting. And it goes back and it's going through a lot of the history of music in general and goes through like the big band era. And really the reason why we have music as it is today is because Frank Sinatra changed it. He was the one that went from just the whole band group to you're looking at the singer, not Mm -hmm. just the whole show. Yeah. But this is about a guy with a lot of charisma, a lot of, lot of talent and just sheer fire guts to get out and do it. So I'm really happy with my purchase. Cool. So if any of you are interested in the Frank Sinatra book that Chelsea mentioned or any other books that are in your own genres of interest, just go to audibletrial.com backslash the rotoscopers for your free audiobook. Like Chelsea said, that one's yours to keep, right? That was your yeah. free one. It's great because some of these books are really long. Mm-hmm. I have one I'm listening to. There's like 78 chapters. Wow. Yeah. And so it's nice because that's an expensive audiobook and I get it for free. And then you can choose to continue and get one book a month free for fourteen ninety nine, which actually is a killer deal. So if you like listening to things and you're like me and you like having things in the background, kind of as you're doing mundane tasks like cleaning the dishes or making your bed, cleaning your room, driving in the car, it's really a good thing to have. And you learn a lot. There's all, They have so many things on there. The, they're the world's biggest provider. Like You'll never run out of books to listen to. So for your free 30-day trial, go to audibletrial.com backslash the rotoscopers. Thanks for joining us one more time as we talked about The Swan Princess. If you want any more information, you can check out our individual ways of contact. You can go for Twitter, uh, Morgan underscore Bert at Twitter. And then I also have Chelsea Robson at Twitter, as well as Facebook.com forward slash This is Chelsea Robson. So until next time, we're the Rotoscopers. You've come up with some dumb ideas, Jean Bob, but this one's a doozy. There you have it. Everlasting love. <laughs> Awesome. Sing along. Can you give me Odette? Sure. 
I can't believe I'm stuck with her while summer. I'll bet she doesn't wrestle, hunt, or box. He looks conceited. What a total bummer. If I get lucky, I'll get chicken pox. So happy you could come. So happy to be here. How I'd like to ride. This is not my idea. This isn't my idea. A fun the children seem to get along quite nicely. We'll join our land if this arrangement clicks. My dear Queen William, that's my point. Precisely. It's such good parenting. And politics. So I, happy we agree. I think we've got a deal. Derek's quite a catch. This, this is, is my idea. My idea. Of a match. <laughs> and such fun. <laughs> Good heavens, child, don't dawdle. We can't keep Derek waiting. I haven't packed or washed my hair, and father, I get seasick. She soon will be arriving. Is that the respect you're showing? You make me kiss her hand again. I swear I'm gonna be sick. One day Prince Derek will be her intended. Splendid. <laughs> we tried all summer, but we just can't lose her. Hey, fellas, wait up. Quick, put on some speed. When picking teams or friends, we never choose her. You'd think she'd take a hint and learn to read. This really isn't fair. We really couldn't care. Boys, it's all or none. This is not my this idea. This isn't my idea. I'm fun. Long before they met, Derek and Odette were destined to be wedded. However, anyone could see, the only point on which they didn't disagree was that the very thought of summertime was dreaded. <laughs> do -do 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 -do. She tries to talk me into playing dress-up. She's always flirting with the castle guards. I think you really sort of like her fess-up. I'd like her better if she lose at cards. Four sevens and a ten. I think I won again. Every time she's won. This is my idea. This isn't my idea. A fun. fun. Oh my gosh, this song <laughs> is so long. <laughs> okay. We need a royal wedding. I'd love to be invited. At least we get a holiday to rest our plows and axes. Someday these two will marry. Two lands will be united. And with some luck, a marriage may result in lower taxes. What if Odette doesn't go for the merger? Urger! For as long as I remember, we've been told we'd someday wed. Every June until September, all their pushing and annoying hints. I've got bruises with their fingerprints. I can do much better, I am sure. He's so immature. I see him smiling and my... <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at this line. Hold on. He says, I can do much better. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've added 30 minutes to the just hang it out sesh. Okay. I see him smiling and my knees start buckling. I see inside him and my doubts are gone. 
She started out as such an ugly duckling, and somehow suddenly became a swan. So happy to be here, till now I never knew it is you I've been dreaming of. This is my idea. This is my idea. What a good idea! Such a charming and romantic notion. This is my idea. This is my idea. This is my idea. Such a good idea. Wait, okay, so I just said the chorus again. What? Wait. This. Okay. This is my idea. This is my idea. What a good idea. Such a charming and romantic notion. This is my idea. This is my idea. Such a good idea. What a good idea. Such a powerful and magic potion. This is exactly my idea of love. Arrange the marriage. Wait. <laughs> All right, okay, back to the real thing.